Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 63, and we're in the first week of Lent, so we're going to do readings for Monday, the first week of Lent, episode 63. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is The Informed Catholic. So I hope everybody is having a good start to their Lent. So let's begin with the act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Okay, folks, so um, we are in the first week of Lent, and this is Monday. So um, one of the most important things we have to remember is the readings... Um. There's a lot. There's going to be a lot of typology, and the word typology is type image, like sort of like a prefiguration of of events that will happen. Um, for example, um, typology puts Christ in the garden. Um, Christ in the garden of Gethsemane. Adam is in the garden of, of Eden. Christ um, is the new Adam. The Adam of the Old Testament is a prefiguration of Christ. Um, Adam is put into a deep sleep and Eve comes out of his side. Jesus is on the cross and he is in the sleep of death. His side is pierced. And blood and water comes out, which is the church. The church is the new Eve. Uh, Mary, in many cases, is also his mother, blessed mother, is uh, the new Eve. Um, in a sense, because you got to look at it, in a sense, the first Eve was the one who, who um, was put to the test. And she reached out and ate the fruit she was beguiled by a serpent, which is the fallen angel, the devil. In the New Testament, Mary is the new Eve, and she's visited by an angel who announces to her. She says yes to God. Eve's, the Eve, the first Eve, said no to God. So it's a type figure, you know, you have to learn how to look at it. And I, I've heard so many Bible scholars um, t 
talk about these things. Um, it's interesting, before I became Catholic, I never really, uh, I've heard some of it, but I never really um, had it explained to me to one day um, I listened to someone like Scott Hahn. And I listen to other Bibles, uh, other Catholics. And the best ones, I guess, that really helped a lot was always the ones who converted from Protestantism to Catholicism. And, you know, it, it opened a whole new door for me to, in a sense, um, how to read the Bible. Because, okay, like you get an image like this, like I said, the the, the Ark of Noah is a picture of the church. It's also a picture of Christ. Um, in the Ark, all the animals represent all the nations. Noah himself is a type figure of Christ. You're going to get more than one image of, of a Christ image. Uh, the door to the Ark, which is found on the side of the Ark, is an image of the pierced side of Christ. That's how some of the church fathers would read it. The flood of Noah is a prefiguration of the baptism that will wipe away sin. Okay, so you see, that's how the church fathers read the sacred images. Another way of looking at it is, as you will learn, Peter himself points to the parting of the Red Sea and the Israelites going through the Red Sea into the Promised Land, which is a type picture of going into heaven or into the church. And Egypt represents sin, idolatry, um, left behind. The parting of the Red Sea is baptism, which now we get baptized in, in Christ is what saves us. So again, it's the type you know, typology. This is how the early Christians read the Bible. And the only way this, this has been done is the apostles learned, learned this through be, um, through the three years they've been with Jesus and through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that opened their minds to the truth of the scripture. The New Testament is hidden in the Old and the Old Testament comes out clearly, like the veil is removed. It comes out like a full bloom flower. That's how the church fathers understood scripture. This is important. We have to learn to, uh, to, to read it. It's not easy, but it's not difficult either. Um, these are the things we you know we, we learned. So anyway, let's... Let's begin with uh, with the readings for Monday. All right, so the first reading for um, this weekday of Lent um, for Monday is from the book of Leviticus. It's one of the uh, five books of Moses. It's Leviticus chapter 19, verse 1 to 2, and 11 to 18. Judge your fellow man justly. Reading from the book of Leviticus, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the whole assembly of the children of Israel and tell them, be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall not steal, you shall not lie 
or speak falsely to one another. You shall not swear falsely by my name, thus profaning the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud or rob your neighbor. You shall not withhold overnight the wages of your day laborer. You shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. But you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall not act dishonestly in rendering judgment. Show neither partiality to the weak, nor difference to the mighty, but judge your fellow man justly. You shall not go about spreading slander among your kin, nor shall you stand by idly when, when your neighbor's life is at stake. I am the Lord. You shall not bear hatred for your brother in your heart, though you may have to reprove him do not incur sin because of him. Take no revenge and cherish no grudge against your fellow countrymen. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Okay, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. So let's, uh, let's read it and let's see what God is saying to us here. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the whole assembly of the children of Israel and tell them, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Be holy, for I am the Lord your God, am holy. Um, it makes me think about that time Jesus was, uh, when Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mountain. Be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Um, it's... It's, you know, in a sense, it's the same thing. You can almost say it's the same thing, but be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Um, well, that's a step up. Be holy is the same thing, basically. It's not, I'm not saying one is greater than the other, but be holy is perfect. Be holy is perfection. That's what Jesus is saying. Be holy because your father is holy. Be holy because your Father is holy. Your Heavenly Father is holy. So, this is not a new message. It's the same thing. Be holy as the Lord your God is holy. Be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. It's the same thing. And it's 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 a call to participate in the life of God. To participate in the life of God and to stay away from sin. And we're going to go into the part of here about the sin here. You shall not steal. You shall not lie or speak falsely to one another. You shall not swear falsely. By my name, thus profaning the name of your God, I am the Lord. Um, I know that the Orthodox Christians in the East like to go even more deeper, especially like when we sin. 
what it means. First of all, sin is an act that violates a transgression against God and against um, the laws of God. It basically cuts you off when you violate, when you commit an act that goes against the very um, dignity of God and sinning like basically you have the will and you have the choice or the desire the will and then there's also the act that follows the act which is a choice and the desire which is the temptation and or the desire in your heart you you're going you decided in yourself this is what i want and i'm going to do it i'm going to go for it and this basically and if it's the wrong choice depending the greater the choice the greater the sin the greater the sin and um stealing taking what's not yours taking it by by force or deception or by violence is a violation because you're violating the dignity of the other person and you're taking something that does not belong to you and basically you're taking it either by force which is again violation and you're basically disrespecting the person of the other um you shall not lie um deception deception deceiving which is also again a violation you are um not telling the truth you're, you're withholding truth or you're manipulating the truth and basically again it's disrespect and also it's, again it's 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 all violation of the image of god that your fellow man is made in you have to think about it that way all of it is if you are disrespecting and you're deceiving and you are uh violating the dignity you're basically violating the image of god in your fellow man all of it every single action here uh speak or speaking falsely to one another you should not swear falsely by name again the swearing language you are basically violate um again you're taking the name of your god and you're disrespecting the name of god and you're adding god's name to an oath or you're profaning the name of God, disrespecting it. Like, you know how people today drop the name of Jesus like a curse or even add the F between Jesus and Christ. It's, but you know, cursing the very name that, sa that saves the most holiest, holiest name in, in, in the world. Again, notice what he says here at the, at the end of all that. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud or rob your neighbor. Again, acts of disrespect and and offending the image of God in your fellow man, in your in your neighbor or another human being, basically. You shall not withhold overnight wages, um, which is equivalent of, of theft, which is thievery. You You have someone doing something for you. The person does work. And then you don't pay them when you're supposed to pay them. 
again, it's robbery. It's also violation of the image of God because work is sacred. Um, you should not curse the deaf or put stumbling block in front of the blind, but you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. Again, he says it a second time. I am the Lord. Um, the deaf and dumb could mean literally someone who is handicapped, hearing impaired. Um, also, um, deaf or stumbling block in front of the blind. It could also mean, okay, deaf, I'm sorry, deaf or blind. It doesn't say dumb. The deaf and blind could also mean those who have, who are not, who cannot understand the word of God or those who can be difficult. There are people who sometimes we find difficult, who, who have a hard time comprehending uh, God who have a difficulty listening to the word of God and also people who have a hard time comprehending, understanding what it means to be a, a Christian. You know, there are people who have, who are difficult you, uh, to teach. They're not stupid. They're just stubborn. Um, you know, yes, like I said, it can mean someone who's deaf literally deaf and it can mean someone who's literally blind and it's a stumbling block in front of the blind um you should not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind but you shall fear your god i am the lord yeah it could mean not taking abuse not not abusing them not taking advantage of them and not abusing them but at the same time it could also refer to someone who's spiritually deaf and spiritually blind and people can sometimes tend to manipulate people like that. That's what I mean, in a sense that it's often been used as an example. You go to the literal and you can go to the spiritual, to the figurative. You shall not act dishonestly in rendering judgment. You, okay, you should neither you should show neither partiality to the weak, nor difference to the mighty. Uh, we know. Um, how people can be bribed in courts. We know courts sometimes are not always uh, easy, especially when you're dealing with someone with more money. That's always uh, a great injustice. You know, the best, you can get the best lawyer because you got money and you could um, m manipulate the system. It happens. Um, you should, you know, you should show no partiality to the rich and powerful or to the poor of your fellow man. You should not go about or spreading slander among your kin. You know, you know how we get everybody, you get that one person who is always, who doesn't realize how their jealousy shows and you get the neighbor or you get the school person, you know, you get the popular, you get the, the talker either the guy or the girl, and they're jealous of somebody. Slander only comes because of envy. You are jealous of the other person, and then you decide to speak badly about them because you, you're jealous, you're vindictive. You know, we heard about that on teenagers, gossip girl and stuff like that. Um, that's, you know, it's a very, because you could really, you know how they say bullying. You know how big bullying had become the last couple of years. And uh, it could lead to um, real psychological abuse. Eventually, it could lead to suicide. And that's 
horrible. But that these things are a reality. It does happen. And it goes on. You should not spread slander among your kin, nor should you stand by idly when your neighbor's life is at stake. Now, remember what Jesus said about neighbor. It doesn't necessarily literally have to be the person living next to you or the person living in your neighborhood. It could be just a stranger who could be your neighbor. And sometimes we don't realize, but when we help a person, we we actually add uh, the encounter is meant to be by God. And you could really change a person's life, a kind act. They, uh, as a priest said once, could save a person's life. And it could lead them to salvation. These things are possible. All right, let's continue. Uh, and after he says that, after this part here about uh, stand idly by when your neighbor's life is at stake, again, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. He says it again. This is the third time. The first time I am the Lord, after he talks about false, uh, falsely by, uh, swearing by God's name, I am the Lord after the stumbling block for, for a person who's deaf or blind. And I am the Lord after you should not stand by when your neighbor's life is at stake. I am the Lord. Now we get to the last part. You shall not bear hatred for your brother in your heart, though you have to reprove him. Do not incur sin because of him. Take no revenge and cherish no grudge against your fellow countrymen. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Everything we just read here is about acknowledging that your fellow human being is made in the image and likeness of God. It doesn't matter if you know the person or not. It doesn't matter if you like the person or not. It doesn't matter uh, if the person is a saint or a sinner or a scoundrel or whatever, that person is still made in the image and likeness of God. And these things God wants us to know. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, help your fellow man. Um, this basically is all going back to, like you see how the Israelites enslaved the Israelites should know better because they were in Egypt and they were in captivity to a pharaoh, a tyrant, and to a, his superpower grip. And at the same time, it also is talking about the fact that pharaoh didn't care if these people, pharaoh, pharaoh thought he was a god, and therefore he can do whatever he wants to another human being. There's still people like that today who believe that. They believe that they are... Uh, better than the average person. So they want to believe that they can do this. And the fact is when you do this, you are destroying the image of God in yourself and in your fellow man. God is a social God. I mean, he is a family God. He wants us to respect and to acknowledge that the other fellow human being is made in his image. He wants that. But sometimes... 
human beings are stubborn and they allow ambition, greed, bribery to invade their lives. Even bishops can fall to that. Even a Catholic clergy can fall, can fall into this kind of mortal sin. All right, so let's go to the Psalms. All right. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Let the words of my mouth and the thought of my the thoughts the thought of my heart find favor before you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Okay, let's do it one more time. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening my eye. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Let the words of my mouth and the thought of my heart find favor before you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Okay. So, um, let's go over it. You know, one of the things I do, uh, I often do, like, I look at I look at a, a verse, like say the Psalms, and I see the word, the law of the Lord is perfect. And I sometimes replace it in my mind with the word, the word of the Lord is perfect. The gospel of the Lord is perfect. And I move around and I see, you know, it helps me to see the gospel. It helps me to see, to connect the dots. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. You know, it's basically, again, the word of God, the teachings of Christ, the teachings. You go further down, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And then you, you, I can replace it with another word. The word of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. The word of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. The gospel of Christ is clear, enlightening the eye. Um, the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. Again, to me, I kind of understand it to protect, to, to be on the lookout for letting my relationship with Christ or with God be endangered by anything. Always, always be on guard of that. Um, in fear of the Lord. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. The command, again, I play, you know, I, I put in command, I put in the word, I put in the gospel, I put in, you know, I sometimes throw in the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit of the Lord is true. All of the, the Spirit of the Lord is true. 
And everything he says is just, I look at it and I just, you know, I see, I see the gospel. I see the word of God. I see the Holy Spirit. It's all there. Let the words of my mouth and the thought of my heart find favor before you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. To me, when I hear the word rock and redeemer, I always think, I still think of Christ because it speaks of Christ everywhere. The scripture speaks of Jesus from the beginning and straight to the end. And to me, that's that's important because I guard and I respect that. And to me, that's very important to think that way. And I think it help it should help all of us to to be able to read scripture this way. If you have difficulty with something, you can just think about Christ comes into your mind and you can look at the words and just play with the verse by putting Jesus, putting the word in there, putting the word of God in there, the, the gospel in there. It's all to me helps and, I, and, I, and it doesn't disappoint. All right, let's go on to the gospel. Okay. Um, the verse before the gospel is from Second Corinthians chapter six, verse two. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Okay. Matthew, Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 25, verse 31 to 46. Whatever you have done to the very least of my brothers, you have done to me. Jesus said to his disciples, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty, and you gave and gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill, or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen. Amen, I say to you. Whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. And he will say to those in his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and, all, and, and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or, stra or stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them 
Amen, I say to you. Whatever you've done, whatever you did not do for one of the least ones, one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right. I'm going to try not to read it so much over again. I, uh, someone told me that once is enough, but uh, it's a long one, so I, I won't do it. Uh, but we're going to go over what we read here. Jesus said to his disciples, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. Well, glorious throne. That's uh, Jesus himself said it. <laughs> so, uh, glorious thrones come and sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will assemble. So this is apocalyptic. All the nations, nations will be assembled before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Well, I think we already get the idea between sheep and goats, right? Um, but it's the point is here, obviously, this is judgment day. This is judgment day he's talking about here. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. It's funny. Um, even in the ancient days, the right hand is the hand of truth and justice. And the left hand is this, the, the hand of deception. The hand, uh, the hand of a liar. The, the, that's just the stereotype. That's the way they thought back then. It's, this is long before medieval times. Every people back in the ancient days, this is, this is how they judge things. This is how they understood, how they explained something. But it's funny that in the Bible, there was someone called, in the book of Judges, there was someone called Ahud. And Ahud was not a right-handed man. He used to fight with his left hand, which is an unusual, that was the reason why they thought that way, because it was rather, that was the most unusual trait about him. And that's the biggest memory of him. Okay. And then he goes on. Um, then he will say, uh, the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So those on his right hand, uh, which are the sheep, will be blessed of the Father. Blessed by the Father. And they will inherit the kingdom prepared uh, for, for them by the foundation, from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry. Then he goes on to say, why? The thing is, one interesting thing is, Jesus says it all there. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we, when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you. Whatever you did for the one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Now, here's the thing. This is not social justice here. Because of mine. He's not 
just he's not talking about just feeding people although that is important within the christian faith he's talking about fellow christians fellow christians who have been persecuted who have been marginalized who have been um like what's happening now with all the cancel culture christians in the past sometimes in the ancient roman empire and in different circumstances have found themselves in bad situations and they often needed the help of fellow Christians, but they were, they were disassociated with because other Christians did not want to associate with them. Um, it happened in many various situations, especially in revolutions, in political situations, and it often hurt. It hurt their fellow Christians, you know, Christians because these people don't want to associate with us. And others say, well, they, you know, I don't like the way they're behaving. I don't like they're like you hear today, you are, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very divisive. You've heard that the bishops and the priests love to use the word divisive, divisive. They want to embarrass the person. Uh, you're disruptive. You're divisive. Uh, you, you know, you, you, you don't, you speak to with too much clarity. I, I love how they use the word. In other words, you're speaking too much of the truth. And you're letting the truth be divisive. But then look at what Jesus said. I have come not to bring peace, but a sword. Because the truth has to be spoken. And sometimes when we speak the truth, we risk, we risk friends. We risk family members. Jesus himself says one's own enemies will be one's own house, his own family. All right. So he says it here. You know, you, those of you who did it for the least of my kind. And then he goes, um, he goes on again here. Okay. You did it for me. Then he will say to the ones on his left, which is the goats, depart from me. You are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Wow. So he's associating the goats with the devil and his angels. This is definitely not about social justice. This is not about feeding the hungry, stopping world hunger or racism. This is about, this is definitely, he's associated the goats with the devil and his angels, his fallen angels, obviously. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. A stranger and you gave me no welcome. Naked and you gave me no clothes, ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? Notice the word minister to your needs. He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of the least, these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life. Notice, okay, what you did not do for the, one of these least ones. And then he goes here. Uh, amen. Whatever you did for one of these least, least br brothers of mine. So he associates brother or the, the sheep as brothers. And then he says here, what, what you did not do for one of the least ones you did not, you did not do for me what you did not do to one of the least ones you did not do for me 
So <laughs> it's all there. It's all there. It's not about social justice. It's not about fighting racism. It's not about just, I mean, fighting those things are important, but it's not about it. It's about faith. It's about faith. It's about Christians looking out for Christians. It's about the, uh, the mystical body of Christ looking out for each other. And what he's saying here, and then he associates the goats with the fall, the devil and his fallen angels. I mean, Michael Voris is right on Church Militant when he said that. He did say that. But the pro, I mean, and even Dr. Taylor Marshall, several people have pointed out, especially like someone like Robert Barron, because they don't like to talk about this. They don't know. They don't like to talk about these things. But these are things that we have to talk about. Because if we don't talk about them, how do we know we're behaving as Christians? How do we know if we are following the dictates of Christ? How do we know if we're not preaching the gospel? Sometimes you got to take a risk. And it's true. But we are very soft people. We are not, we're not like the people of the past. We live with too much comfort. And we're afraid of living without comfort and we're afraid of being, you know, of what like we're told you could lose your job. You could lose your, uh, everything. You could be unpopular. Your own family could may not want to associate with you. Your own friends from, from work and from church may not want to associate with you. That's what we're told. So the message is about judgment it's not just about feeding the you know feeding the hungry is important like i said all those things that we're doing are important are life saving because people need to see faith in action but this is not just faith in action it's the body of christ looking out after other members of the body of christ and this is what we have to do all right i'm going to end it here let's say in our father a Hail Mary and a Saint Michael. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince and the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who proud the world, sink in the wound of souls. Amen. All right, folks. Um, God bless and um, a blessed Lent. Hope you have a, a good fast. Uh, just remember, don't give up. Just keep going forward. Keep walking on that straight and narrow road and keep reading. Read, read the Gospels. Do whatever you have to do to, to stay close to Jesus. So God bless and be well. I'll be back with Tuesday's readings. Amen.